Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding and beyond. Now, today we're going to talk about breastfeeding in the context of diabetes. And I have with me Dr. Erica P. Gunderson. Dr. Gunderson, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. For those of you who might not know her, I'd like to tell you a little bit about Dr. Erica Gunderson. She has earned her Ph.D., an MPH, and an MS. She is an epidemiologist and senior research scientist at Kaiser Permanente in Northern California in the Division of Research. She received her master's and doctorate degree in public health nutrition and epidemiology from the University of California, Berkeley, and a bachelor's degree in biological sciences from Stanford. Dr. Gunderson's research focuses on the lasting effects of pregnancy and lactation, on the development of obesity, metabolic risk factors, type 2 diabetes, and cardiovascular disease in women, with a special interest in the high-risk group of women with a history of gestational diabetes. In addition, she conducts prospective studies in children exposed in utero to maternal obesity and diabetes, and how this influences their future development of obesity and metabolic diseases. Dr. Gunderson has authored more than 100 peer-reviewed original research papers and numerous commentaries and reviews. I cannot tell you how delighted I am that a woman with this kind of background is willing to share her knowledge with us today. Uh, Again, welcome to Dr. Gunderson. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you. Well, Let's start out with uh, talking a little bit about evidence as related to breast is best. That mantra has been going on, which, by the way, I believe it started in California in 1971, breast is best. And now science is demonstrating that it also has substantial benefits for the mother. So in a nutshell, Can you just summarize what we know so far, and we will unpack that as we go through uh, the program today. How does breastfeeding affect the mother's health later in life? Yes, well, there have been studies um, for the past few decades that have focused on the duration of breastfeeding in women and how that um, protects them against breast and ovarian cancer later in life. And those studies have been done mostly in older women, and they showed fairly moderate reduction in risk of these cancers by about 4% to 25% among women who breastfed sufficiently. Um, And that may be, you know, breastfeeding a child a couple months to a year per child. But more recent attention and more recent studies, although there's fairly very few studies in this arena still, have focused on 
the importance and the effects of breastfeeding on the development of chronic diseases such as diabetes mm. and heart disease in women. And heart disease is the leading cause of death in women in the U.S. And so what's been investigated more recently is does um, breastfeeding a child or more than one child actually lower the woman's future risk of developing a heart attack or stroke or developing type 2 diabetes, which is a very strong risk factor for development of heart disease in women. Uh, Particularly in women, heart disease occurs later in life. So as you can imagine, these would have to be quite long-term studies Mm, to look at heart disease risk. Yes. So we we know that there is protection against heart disease, and in my particular research, I'm focusing on um, prevention or protection against type two, the development of type two diabetes after pregnancy, where there's a huge protective effect of about a fifty percent relative Ooh. reduction in risk, and it's much stronger than any of the data that have to do with cancers, reproductive cancers, and any of the data showing some modest protection against heart disease risk. The the reduction in metabolic diseases and type 2 diabetes in women later in life is is quite strong, and it's marked and um, appears in both the high-risk women with gestational diabetes and women in general. So this should certainly be at least a partial motivator for breastfeeding. As all of us think about how to reduce our risk for any kind of disease, uh, we need to recognize that breastfeeding is a possibility. Also, Dr. Gunderson, correct me if I'm wrong, because I really do not know a lot about this topic, but it seems in my small understanding that diabetes, heart disease, and uh, obesity are three things that all uh, well, all relate to one another. Is is that a true statement? Well, that's right. Because obesity, being heavy, is an important risk factor for developing type two diabetes and pre-diabetes, which is its precursor. And we know that a lot that those. Um, Epidemics or those conditions are over time are increasing in women and in children and in the entire population. And those two risk factors also contribute to later life development of heart disease in women. That's exactly where I was going next is can we talk a little bit about the um, the development later in life? And when you say later in life, do you mean like after menopause or after age 70 or, or what? Well, for diabetes, we've done a couple studies on women across the childbearing years, women who were in, were recently pregnant, and we followed them before pregnancy into midlife, which is around the age 50. And that was the 30-year study I did with the Cardia multicenter study oh, yeah. across the mm-hmm. U.S., which is 50% African-American women, 50% um, women of European descent. And what that study showed was that because women in general don't have a high risk of conversion to type 2 diabetes, although the African-American young 
young women, which young, I'm saying 18 to 30 is uh-huh. when the study began. So uh-huh. we followed them and they developed diabetes over time until about the age of, you know, 48 to 60 was the end point. So this is during midlife. It's not really later life. The later life really pertains mostly to heart disease. But diabetes really develops during midlife, um, Mm. which can be around the immediate pregnancy period and sort of perimenopausal period um, Mm. before menopause. And that's the risk, the high-risk period for um, development of these um, metabolic diseases. And it was show, we showed that the metabolic health of the women um, was influenced by lactation and having a very strong protective um, influence on whether they progressed to type 2 diabetes. Dr. Gunderson, one of the things that I warn women about, or families, I should say, is that uh, I say to them, when we talk about the benefits of breastfeeding, and usually I'm talking about the baby, not the mother, but anyway, uh, I tell them, remember that that breastfeeding a day or two, even a week or two, while some breastfeeding is absolutely better than no breastfeeding, the fact of the matter is we can't promise you all of those benefits that are long-term if you don't stick with it for longer. So can you talk to us a little bit about how this protection for mothers is related to how long they breastfeed? Sure. I think, you know, there are... um measurements of intensity and duration. And we actually found that women who breastfed for around five months or six months and longer had um, about the 50% uh, relative reduction in the incident, in the onset of diabetes after pregnancy. And this was within a couple years for high-risk women and within several years, on average about 20 years um, for the the women in general. But what I think it's What's important is some of the evidence shows that you get partial benefit even for shorter periods of breastfeeding, um, such as two months or to five months. So you may not get the full 50% relative reduction, but you get an intermediate um, benefit. So I think, you know, I think your advice is very sound. Just any amount of breastfeeding that you can manage and uh, would be beneficial to your health and your child's health. As you looked at those statistics, were you looking at exclusive breastfeeding, that is the mother giving the baby nothing other than her own milk, or were you looking at any breastfeeding, that is she breastfed and oh, by the way, had some formula along the way? Well, the one study, the SWIFT study, which is my very special study of women with gestational diabetes, it's a, it's the largest study, prospective study to date with the rigorous scientific design. And we measured breastfeeding intensity quantitatively with research methodology. So I have uh, measures, uh, numeric measures of for every month after delivery of how intense the breastfeeding was. And so we looked at breastfeeding intensity groups and divided women into exclusive full breastfeeding and mixed feeding and formula only or mostly formula. And we basically showed that 
you there was a graded association with protection. So the protection increased as the amount of breast milk um, being produced or the amount of the highest intensity of breastfeeding, which is this exclusive breastfeeding, um, showed the strongest protective benefit to the women um, against development of diabetes. And when you had mixed feeding, you still got some benefit, but it was less. Again, sure. okay. um, really nicely for the first time showing that there's, there's a biological, what we call in science, a dose-response effect, yes. potentially. Yes. So showing that this is possibly a biologic phenomenon and not something to do with differences or, or in the women themselves that would predict who could breastfeed for high intensity or for a longer duration. And we found very similar um, findings with duration of, of lactation or breastfeeding, which you know is highly correlated with having a high intensity at a certain point in time, which we measured um, it across the entire first year of, of life for the Excellent. infant. So interesting. Hey, everybody, do not go away. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed, and I have with me today Dr. Erica Gunderson. We are talking about breastfeeding as it relates to uh, diabetes. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. I have with me today Dr. Erica P. Gunderson. Dr. Gunderson is an epidemiologist, and she is here to talk with us about breastfeeding as it relates to obesity and diabetes. So in the first segment, we talked about the fact that there is protection, not just for cancers, but for heart disease, as well as for diabetes. And you talked to us about the relationship of the uh, heart disease, cardiac, well, cardiac is heart, uh, diabetes, overweight. And you also talked about the dose response relationship. So we know that those things exist, but... Can you help us to understand the how-to? How is it that breastfeeding protects a woman's heart? Well, I wish I I knew the um, specifics of that mechanism, and I think that's where the research is headed in terms of the biological basis for the epidemiologic evidence. So we have our really excellent um, population community-based evidence now. It's very strong. It's, it was prospective and longitudinal and carefully measured uh, methodically before, during, preg- and during pregnancy. But the next job that the scientific community has to do is to um, give very strong objective biochemical evidence of what are the what is changing um, so dramatically in the woman's metabolism that she would be so strongly protected against diabetes and also, you know, potentially uh, future heart disease. So I can give you a, a, a summary of some of the sure. ideas I have, but I just want to give you the con- how I think about this in terms of the conception, the broad strokes of the conceptual model or okay. I- hypotheses about what, what does pregnancy do to the woman's body and what is the counterpoint uh, recovery that is the lactation purpose. So, as you all know, pregnancy is accompanied by all of these stresses on the heart and on the metabolic systems of the woman's body, and she accumulates fat. And the other important factor about pregnancy is there it is well known that women... um, gain weight, and accumulate fat stores and other stores of nutrients for lactation. 
So whether mm-hmm. a, or not a woman wants to breastfeed her child, her during her pregnancy, she's storing <laughs> nutrients yes. for that purpose. Yes. Her body is thinking that that's what's going to happen, whether she lets it happen or not. Lacta- exactly. I tell people, lactation will happen. Breastfeeding is a choice. Right. Exactly. Yep. So you you can so that's just the context. We have to start from what your what the body's pur- purpose is. So it it accumulates these extra uh, nutrients because it's anticipating that the newborn will need to be fed um, through lactation through breastfeeding, and that would be occurring. Um, so when a woman does lactate, there are huge changes in the physiology to initiate that and also for milk production and the, the phase of um, colostrum um, that has a special purpose for the newborn. Um, all of those things have been studied in terms of milk production. We know the caloric and nutrient needs. It's only about two to 300 um, from an ex- from the dietary sources, because there are these reserves in these stores from pregnancy that the body wants to use to produce the milk. So there's actually, when you're lactating or breastfeeding a child, the body is trying to preserve the mother's um, nutritional status as well, because that, um, in times of famine, you know, the wim- mm-hmm. woman's body has mm-hmm. to be protected so that the, both will survive, the newborn and the mother. So when you, so it's actually, you get a lot of appetite, hormones that stimulate appetite, and then you, you have these stores that are ready and available for um, producing the milk. So we think that, you know, when milk, there's a lot of um, gluc sugar that's already in the mm-hmm. blood and a lot of uh-huh. um, blood lipids. There were these adi- these fat stores that can get moved into the blood as lipids or fats in the blood and those and protein and those pour into the milk. And so if you think about moving those th- those nutrients into milk and moving them out of the woman's body. It's a very sophisticated mechanism to reduce the stress that pregnancy has occurred by accumulation of these um, other metabolites. So bottom line is, the from an evolutionary standpoint, the body is prepared to have this extra uh, nutrient, extra fat on board. And so um, that that is that is the normal thing. We, we want to promote, uh, as I like to say, the body is rigged. It is rigged <laughs> for survival. It's rigged for survival right. of species. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so let's go to this part about how you're right. Women do gain weight during pregnancy. Unquestionably, they do. And usually they want to get rid of, as they say, their baby fat. Right. And from the, from the time that I was a brand new nurse... I heard other nurses saying, oh, well, if you breastfeed your baby, you'll lose more weight postpartum. You will lose weight faster, et cetera, et cetera. I never really believed that. And I have read a number of studies and I think that that's a possibility, but I'm not convinced. So I will cheerfully boot this to you. You do know this information. What do you say? Is it possible that women who breastfeed lose more weight or lose weight faster or anything along those lines? Well, that's quite a controversial subject. 
the subject uh-huh. of weight loss during lactation or the opposite, which is weight gain. So I can tell you oh, what the uh-huh. <laughs> scientific research shows. The research okay. is completely mixed. It's completely inconclusive about weight changes associated with lactation because they're so highly variable. And some women do not lose additional weight. They, all women lose some weight right after delivery, but whether sure. lactation itself for a prolonged period of time results in um, increased weight loss is not the experience of everyone. Actually, some studies mm-hmm. report that women gain weight. Uh, while they're lactating modestly. Most of this is modest gains, but it also is highly variable. And again, the nutritional and physical activity can be reduced and sleep is often um, inadequate. And those sorts of um, behavioral changes along with um, the appetite stimulation could result in sort of a um, lower metabolic um, rate and people could easily gain more weight with lactation. So I think we have to be careful about making that blanket statement. While it is true that um, women who exclusively breastfeed for an extended period of time, and we're talking about closer to 12 months, they have about a 2 to 4 um, pound greater weight loss compared to women that are formula feeding, but a lot of women um, don't, uh, can't exclusively breastfeed or, or una- are unable to because of other um, you know, or just employment issues. To. Yeah, so I think that the weight differences are modest, if anything, and I wouldn't, uh, I don't think that, and we know from my research studies, the two studies, the SWIFT study of women with gestational diabetes and the CARDIA study, the 30-year follow-up, we looked at weight change over time very carefully in these studies in relation to both lactation and the, its association with diabetes. And it, the weight changes did not influence, the weight difference change uh, related to lactation was modest, and it did not influence whether they developed type 2 diabetes. So the protection against type 2 diabetes, very interestingly, is as strong as if you did a lifestyle intervention with exercise and diet, where you uh-huh. lost 5 kilograms. That's what the diabetes prevention studies have shown, that if okay. you intervene with exercise and diet, a healthy diet, it promotes a weight loss of about 5 kilos which is you're getting towards 11 or 12 pounds, and that has a 58% reduction in diabetes risk in, in women and men in, during this midlife period. We found the same strong protective association with lactation without that level of weight loss. Weight loss did not explain our findings at all. So we wow. think this okay. is a new mechanism that's going. We think it's really not to do with weight loss when you're talking about lactation. It's a completely different mechanism. We don't know exactly what the mechanism is. My research is trying to look at those specific biologic changes, but what we do think is happening is that certain types of fat depots that are harmful to blood sugar and, and fat metabolism are being decreased by lactation or overall, uh, um, you know, the lipids in the blood are becoming more favorable in terms of more healthy profiles. So 
we're still, and insulin levels are being um, reduced during lactation, and that has an important protection on the cells that produce insulin so that they um, don't uh, move to exhaustion, which is what happens with type 2 diabetes. Absolutely. Uh, this is really fascinating to learn that uh, lactation has such an excellent effect, even when it is uh, separated from those other factors right. that you've mentioned. Uh, amazing. Hey, everybody, do not go away. I'm Marie Biancuso. I will be right back with Dr. Erica Gunderson. Don't go away. See you in a few minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Was your breastfeeding experience stressful or challenging? Did you face an unusual obstacle and go on to meet your goals? If so, we'd like to hear from you, and so would other mothers. Email radio at borntobebreastfed.com to see if you can be Marie's next guest. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. 
Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm your host for Board to be Breastfed, where every week we bust the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding. And today, Dr. Erica Gunderson is helping us to bust some of the myths that we thought we uh, had about breastfeeding as related to diabetes. Okay, so Dr. Gunderson, if breastfeeding prevents women from developing type 2 diabetes later in life, which I think that you've established, why is it that that is not related to weight loss? You've you've said that it isn't, but uh, have we talked enough about that or do we need to dive into that a little bit more about the the rationale for that? Well, I can tell you a little bit about... um you know, in terms of prevention of diabetes, we, we can't emphatically say at this point that um, lactation prevents diabetes. We know there's an, these, an observational evidence that's very strong. That it's there's a correlation. There's a protective benefit. That, well, it's more than that. It's a temporal okay. association and a protective um, benefit against development. So it's very strong in terms of the scientific evidence. But we... but. We don't have a randomized trial that is usually when the term prevention is used. It's usually in reference to something that's a... So we think it's a very important protection against future disease. And my study is so rigorous. And because, you know, as you know, we can't uh, randomly assign women to breastfeed or not. So we've done the next best thing. So the study is very strong. And I think, you know, we want to find out if what are the reasons biologically that um, breastfeeding seems to protect women so strongly against, you know, the, the diabetes risk. And how does weight change or how does body fat um, composition influence that? And I think perhaps we can think about this as, well, weight, you know, if we measure somebody's weight, different people, that will be different body representation of water, fat, and muscle tissue. So I think, you know, that if we can look at more specific where the fat is located in the body and how maybe lactation changes uh, and reduces the... um, the difficult or the the depots of fat, the location of fat in the abdomen, in the the tummy area that actually cause the most Mm. harm. And if it has a specific target effect on reducing that fat or the fat organ fat that's deposited in the liver so that the liver works better or, or maybe it reduces the amount of fat that's deposited in the heart. So there are all these places where fat hides out and lactation might not have an overall big effect on the weight, but it might make a healthier body tissue organ system by reducing the fat in these places where fat should not be um, to, to promote better health. Okay. Well, as we talk about the myths, here's another thing that happens to me quite frequently. I teach a comprehensive lactation course, and I teach it live as well as online. But in the live course, as we talk about the milk coming in, quote unquote, milk coming in, milk becoming abundant, we're talking here, uh, for those of you who are listening, uh, usually people say that around two to three days, three to four days, what the rest of us call lactogenesis, um, 
I always have somebody raise their hand and say, well, Marie, aren't you going to talk about how diabetes uh, causes the milk to be delayed in coming in? And I usually respond by saying, I have read those studies. I don't know if I'm smart enough to figure this out, but it does not seem to me that that is necessarily the case, that perhaps it is the case, but I'm not sure that that is something that I would necessarily uh, expect to see. Can you address this? I Yes, I definitely can address it. So okay. the studies that show, the, the studies showing that there's a delay in lactogenesis are studies in women with type 1 diabetes. Type 1 diabetes is a disorder where there is no, completely no insulin production. So the women have much higher um, glucose levels in their blood because they're much more difficult to control. Okay. So those studies show that hyperglycemia, meaning very high blood sugar levels, are what is related to the delays in the onset of the copious milk production. So then presumably, so if, special... if, excuse me, if the, if the woman is diabetic, but she's well controlled, then you would not necessarily see the that's delay. Right. Okay. That's right. Okay. That's, what, that's... that's what those studies show. And okay. the uh, women with gestational diabetes have a much milder form of, of high glucose. And usually it, it is well controlled during pregnancy and the study that I did with, with the SWIFT cohort, we looked at delayed, uh, delays in the onset of milk um, production. And it was only the women with gestational diabetes who were treated with insulin that had a higher mm. risk of that mm. delayed. But overall, in all of the GDM women, the 1,000 plus that we have in our study, there was no higher frequency of delays in lactogenesis than the non-women who've never had GDM. So GDM being gestational diabetes mellitus. Right, without yeah. gestational diabetes. Women who are just in from the general pregnancy population and women with gestational diabetes had very similar, um, uh, about a third or 30% reported delays. But that doesn't mean they couldn't breastfeed because all of those women actually the majority um, breastfed just fine. But it's this very small group of women, about 2% of women with GDM that are treated with insulin that might have more difficulty um, with their milk coming in, but all that um, they need is additional support and education during that early two to three days after delivery. And they can um, go on to breastfeed just fine. Yes, and you know, one of the things that comes to my mind here is that very typically with a woman who does have gestational diabetes, typically she is overweight, she's had more intervention, she has other factors that relate to the breastfeeding experience, not just the gestational diabetes. Does that make sense? That's correct. That's exactly what we think is going on is yeah. that there are these clinical, there are these um, risk factors that have to do with being heavier, with deliveries being, um, you know, C-section deliveries yes. more likely or other complications yes. with blood pressure or other yes. issues that are really uh, impeding 
the contact, the early contact and with the newborn to establish lactation. And then also, you know, they have babies who are larger, so clinicians are mm-hmm. very careful mm-hmm. to get that baby assessed very quickly, and that may take more time to make sure the baby doesn't have low blood sugar. And that's some of the reason why mothers with gestational diabetes may be expressing colostrum early and and those sorts of strategies. But it's quite complex, Um, but Mm -hmm. it definitely has to do with the body weight because the um, delays in lactogenesis have to do with the drop in progesterone, a hormone that is very elevated in pregnancy. And that seems to be a little bit delayed in women who are heavier. So, but, but we also know from some interesting research that this, that's been um, published that women that are heavier, pregnant women that are heavier, get less support and education. Absolutely. Prenatally about, for breastfeeding. So yes. there are these complex factors that have to do with the healthcare systems in general that may um, cause women with gestational diabetes to, to seem to have more difficulty with breastfeeding. Certainly, this is not just a one-factor thing. Right. That's right. There's, there's more to it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so then you would say that the majority of women who do have gestational diabetes can breastfeed if they have correct information and support. Would that be a fair statement? Yes, and I think they, the, during pregnancy, having support and education starting during pregnancy is really crucial. But they can't, we have not seen um, clear evidence that they have any, there's any reason for delayed, delays, significant delays just because they have gestational diabetes. Okay, well, you have certainly confirmed for me what I thought was the truth, so I'm feeling like I'm I'm Great. on target. Well, All right. You know, some, <laughs> sometimes uh, you read multiple different studies, and you sit there in this, you know, stack of studies and say to yourself, well, I don't know, I don't really think that this is conclusive, but what do I know? And then you have the opportunity to have a Dr. Erica Gunderson who really straightens it out for you, and then you sort of feel better. So, okay, everybody, do not go away. I'm Marie Biancuso. I'm here today with Dr. Erica Gunderson. We will be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you need breastfeeding training for your hospital staff? Maybe you need to offer all 15 sessions to meet the baby-friendly requirements. Or perhaps you need just a few sessions. Check out Marie's new course, Best Practices for Breastfeeding Management. It's perfect for improving your exclusive breastfeeding rates and helping staff earn contact hours. You know Marie will focus on the clinical outcomes, not just the training process. Marie's course offers the ultimate in flexibility and convenience. It's online 24-7 so staff can study at their own pace. You can use the course for all of your staff 
or just your newly hired staff. And Marie offers a tracking report so you can tell who has started or finished. Best of all, staff can print out their own certificate when they finish. Don't waste another minute trying to develop your own course. Trust America's leading breastfeeding educator to provide staff training that works. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894. 703-787-9894. And ask for your bulk discount. Relationship issues? Anxious? Parenting challenges? No more. Learn how to live your best life. Tune into Straight Talk with top psychotherapist, relationship, and anxiety expert, Sandra Reich. In this program, you'll learn how to transform your challenges into effective solutions, whether it's relationships, parenting, anxiety issues, or other life traps that you struggle with. Sandra will show you how to change them and how to live the life of your dreams. Listen every Thursday afternoon at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash gooddonor. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. Dr. Gunderson and I are talking about breastfeeding and diabetes. Dr. Gunderson, you said something, I think, in the second segment. You mentioned the whole idea of sleep duration, and I know that you have at least one whole paper on that. I happened to notice that study because you had done it with uh, Dr. Tavares and Dr. Stubbe. I never know if I pronounce her name correctly, uh, but she's one of my favorite authors. Uh, So I was wondering if you could give us just a a minute or two to talk a little bit about uh, the association between sleep duration and adipose tissue and cardiometabolic status at three years postpartum. Sure. So the studies that I've done um, regarding um, postpartum weight retention in women after pregnancy showed that if they slept less, fewer than five hours per night or in a 24-hour period, actually, that they were twice to threefold times as likely to retain more than 
12 pounds at one year after the delivery. So that's quite mm-hmm. significant in yes. terms of yes. body weight, and that would certainly in, influence future diabetes risk. So, we, you know, in my SWIFT study of women with gestational diabetes, we controlled for sleep as well as a lot of these other clinical factors I was talking about in the last segment that influence whether women breastfeed adequately or not. And they really, even this strong protective association is um, regardless of the sleep level, but certainly on its own, sleep itself has an important role to play in preventing diabetes and preventing excessive weight gain. So I think that's a challenge for all women that have had, that have young children and particularly mm-hmm. the first year. So I think we're, we're, and for child obesity, it's also a risk factor if the child doesn't get enough sleep and increased risk of toddler obesity and overweight. So I think going forward, we have to look at the constellation of, of factors, and sleep is certainly, and breastfeeding um, are likely to have independent um, influences on future meta- metabolism, and I think there's emerging research and justification for looking at those more closely. Dr. Gunderson, several times in this uh, program, you have mentioned the SWIFT study, and I know that's S-W-I-F-T. It is an acronym, but for the life of me, I've got piles of papers here and I can't find that one. Can you tell us, please, uh, when that was published and where? So the Annals of Internal Medicine, uh, December of 2015, we published our primary findings from the study of women infant feeding and type 2 diabetes after gestational diabetes pregnancy. And so that study was well-received, and it did show this um, important protective um, huge reduction in future diabetes risk within two years after delivery for women with gestational diabetes. That's a very high-risk group to um, develop diabetes within five years to eight years after the pregnancy. So those women are in their 30s and 40s, and that's a very young age to develop type 2 diabetes. So we're really excited to continue that research, and I've actually been funded again by the National Institutes of Health, and we're conducting the study this year to bring the same women that participated in the SWIFT study back in to our research project and um, 10 years after they delivered their child in uh, pregnancy with gestational diabetes. And we're going to be calling them in the next few months and telling them about the study and retesting them for diabetes. And we're hoping this study is going to get at um, trying to develop a simple test to predict diabetes soon after delivery, and it's also very important to retest the women for diabetes so that we can see if our findings that showed such benefit at two years after delivery continue to show Ah, the same ah. strong benefit at 10 years. So that will provide even much stronger evidence that this is is really an important um, behavior that women can choose is to breastfeed and whether it has this 10-year really long, long long-term lasting um, reduction in risk of diabetes in women. 
How exciting that you had that opportunity and how wonderful and congratulations that you've been funded for it. That's just excellent. Can you give us, please, just an overview? Uh, you have said that we've we've talked several times today that your research focuses on heart and metabolic benefits to the mothers based on long-term yes. studies comparing yes. mothers who have breastfed versus those who don't. So could you just give us a brief overview of all of your work at the Kaiser Permanente Division of Research. Uh, I must say that one of the reasons that this caught my eye was two things, or that rather that you caught my eye, um, is that um, we have had several people from Kaiser Permanente come to my, the course that I offer in lactation. And of course, several of them have been ca- from California, although certainly Kaiser is throughout the country. They're certainly here in the greater Washington, D.C. area where mm-hmm. I am. And uh, Kaiser Permanente is my uh, insurance company. So uh, tell us a little bit about the division of research and your role there. We really enjoyed talking with you today. This is kind of your last opportunity to help everybody to understand understand all of the important work that you're doing there. So, well, I'm, an, I'm a scientist that um, is working within the Kaiser Permanente region in Northern California. So this is the whole start of Kaiser Permanente um, many decades ago in California. And it's a, it's a fabulous organization that we were, we have 40,000 births in our regional system every year oh, wow. in Northern California. So <laughs> it enabled me to recruit over 1,000 women with gestational diabetes during pregnancy and follow them forward. This is this, and, and I did it in three years, and that would never have happened in any of the typical systems that are mm-hmm. separate hospital-based because we have such a large system. So I really have to thank the participants, the women who volunteered to come in um, and fill out our questionnaires and answer our phone interviews and do the monthly. They, they sent a questionnaire. We mailed a questionnaire, a short two-page questionnaire every month to them, and they returned them. And they came in for Mm. three visits in a two-year period after delivery, and a very high proportion of the mothers also enrolled their babies, and we got measurements on the babies in the study to look at growth and breastfeeding, and I've published on that. And we just had a recent publication from the SWIFT study of the children who at age two to five that's showing that infant temperament was strongly associated with the risk of obesity. So, and that, and the diet was, the diet was so important in the children to avoid sugary beverages in the first few months of life and even fruit juice. So we're, and we looked at sleep in that study as well and many other risk factors. So the, the opportunity to really find out how we can change the whole um, health of, of the mothers, but also protect the health of the child by these early postnatal or early, early uh, modifiable behaviors during the first few months of life. That's the new study that I'm um, promoting right now, trying to get funding for is to look at these early life uh, modifiable behaviors in our women and our babies born to mothers with gestational diabetes to see if there are ways we can actually prevent um, those children from being too heavy or developing diabetes in, in 
childhood. So it's a very exciting place to mm-hmm. work. I have a yes. inter- colleagues, and they're very this this environment ha- is a research environment that allows us to really um, investigate some really important questions that have not been able to be studied in other um, settings. Well, I have to say that I've been impressed with just the whole infrastructure from the patient standpoint. Right. Uh, you have your provider, the pharmacy's there, the lab is there, yes. everything is well integrated. And I'm thinking that if you were a child, you would be in that system real early in the game. And so if you were the researcher, it would be fairly easy to follow uh, those children over a prolonged period of time. But as you probably know, we've done almost as much as we we can do here today. It's been very interesting to get this perspective from Dr. Gunderson. Before we leave today, I would like to say that for those of you who are ambitious and like to read studies, as I do, I just realized that the uh, SWIFT study is available. She said it was published in the Annals of Internal Medicine, which is true. Uh, but I just noticed that that is a free article. And I know that people think that everything's on the web, everything might be on the web, but it's not necessarily available to download and read for free. This one is. And so I would encourage you, it is called Lactation and Progression to Type 2 Diabetes After Gestational Diabetes, a cohort, uh, I'm Whoops here, I'm leaving out part of it because uh, I'm trying to hurry a prospective cohort study. And there were several authors as well as Dr. Gunderson. But in any event, uh, if you feel ambitious, it's several pages, but it is well worth uh, looking at. And I will be doing the deeper dive into that later. Meanwhile, I would just like to thank all of our listeners. Without you, we really don't have a show. So thank you so much for being here, for making breastfeeding an important part of your life, and for understanding that you have choices. One of your choices is to uh, to breastfeed. Remember that diabetes can be preventable, and that might be a big word. Uh, she certainly looked at it from the standpoint of protection, uh, but also there are so many factors that you can control. And one of the things that you can control is your choice to breastfeed because there is certainly some protection just from lactation and breastfeeding, never mind all of the other good things that you can do for yourself to keep yourself healthy. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Dr. Erica Gunderson. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having us. Wonderful. Alrighty. And for those of you who want to know, I'm going to tell you there will be a, another show next week. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.